Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Friday the 15th of April 2022. This is episode 206. I had to uh, pull the plug on our pre-recording chat because I thought it was so good, Damon. <laughs> the listeners wouldn't want to miss out on it. We're, we're talking fried chicken, happy eye fried chicken. I've just been uh, back from a trip to the south of Thailand where they do the best fried chicken in the world. I was describing the recipe to Damon with this lovely sort of garlicky, uh, peppery, batter to it that you eat with sticky rice and crispy fried shallots in the morning that's that's breakfast what a lucky man i am to be enjoying that and and you started talking about crisps and i was like damon stop save it the (laughs) listeners need to know about the crisps you got from the asian market yes uh well welcome everyone thank you for joining us for our our uh, weekly conversation about new japan pro wrestling and all things in between um yeah, so I I I went and it's like I don't even think we get any real like like real food. We just get all snacks, and uh, I got a couple bags, different flavors, and I'm, and I was disappointingly sharing with Joel. Uh, I think I went over three on my flavors. I went oh, oh you know what? I take that back. Can I take that back? I'm going to take it back. I went one for three. One for three. One of them I liked. Two of them I was like, mm, I might not like. Uh, do you want to do you want to guess on the flavors, or do you just want me to share with you and the listeners which ones I picked? Uh, maybe give me a clue. Give me one clue. I can. If I can't get it, then tell us. All right. Um, you could shove it in your. Hand. <laughs> you could. Um, let's see here. What would be a good guess? Um. How about this clue? If you could be in a pickle, if you put this, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but it's a cucumber, Joel. It's a cucumber. It's a cucumber flavor. Um, oh, okay. Cucumber. So it must be the, the Chinese Lay's then. Correct. The cucumber flavor. That is yeah, correct. That's how weird ass flavors over there. I was not a fan of the Chinese crisps because like, you know, your flagship signature flavors for Lay's in China were things like cucumber flavor, yogurt flavor, lime flavor. Um, what would you call it? Meat sauce, like kind of bolognese mm-hmm. flavor. And just they, none of them were good. Okay. Then we're, we're on the same page. Then we are on the fucking same page because yes, when I, again, it, it says cucumber on the fucking thing. And trust me, it tasted like a fucking cucumber, but I don't know if it was too- <laughs> expecting it right I, I don't i don't know i don't i mean it, it literally everything there was no indicator that flavor crisp looked good 
Ugh, they taste like cucumber. Right, right. This is outrageous. <laughs> this is preposterous. I'm taking these back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but it was like, wow, it's a fucking cucumber. And I don't know if it was. Here's the thing. I don't necessarily know if it was the chip itself, like the, the, the crisp, whatever the fuck part of the world you are in. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, I don't know if it was the product or it was me in the sense of I can't wrap my fucking head around the fact that this tastes like a cucumber. And it did taste like a cucumber. Um, so maybe, and I like cucumbers. I, I really like cucumbers. I'm a big, I'm a cucumber connoisseur. Uh, it was, it was, I don't know. I, I, I had like three or four of them. Like first I had it and I was like, whoa, I don't know if I want this. But then like, it was like, all right, maybe I do. Maybe I do like this. And then I had like two more and I was like, okay, I, I dig this. I, I do like this. And then I had two more and like, I, I it was, I was so sick of the taste in my mouth that I was like, I can't do anymore. You know what I mean? Like that is. That, you know how you, they say like you can't eat more than one. You know it's impossible to eat more than one potato chip. Okay, well I found the one where you can, uh, because the taste was just too, like I needed something else in my mouth, cock, you know something like that, uh, to yeah. change the flavor profile because it was too much. It was too intense, I guess. Yeah, well I'm afraid to say you know whilst I did have a wonderful time in China and. Excellent, at lots of things, lots of their food are tasty. Um, crisps, they, just, they don't know what they're doing. No. I will quite happily be go on the record and say that you can cancel me. Chinese crisp companies, bleh. yeah, crap. I, Except the only flavor, good, good flavor was well, I think you've tried these ones the hot pot flavor, the spicy, numbing ones, the mala ones. Yeah, they're good. Everything else, trash. They're they're good. Um, I got so I again, cucumber. Second one I got was like barbecue chicken or some shit. Um, it was like, ugh. but the one that I did get that was not bad, and I would do again, was seaweed. Seaweed was good. Like I was eating like oh, a fucking yeah, sushi. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that was mm. good. That was good. I liked that one a lot. Uh, let me take that back. Not a lot. I liked it. It was it was fine. Um, but yeah, little 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 strike out there. So. So there you go. Uh, we had fri- fried the best fried chicken. You said right, best fried chicken. Uh, oh no, okay, I can't. Oh, now I he's back. Fried chicken. It would be it would be rude of me to place one above the other. It is my favorite fried chicken. Okay, okay, that's fair. Uh, so yeah, I, think, I think everyone should actually try and make it. They should try and cook it themselves. Look up a recipe for Hattie Eye fried chicken and have a go. Because Malioffa makes it at home it is so good. Oh, it is wonderful. I would love to. I would love to experience that dining. Uh, um, better than Nando's, as I say. For me, Ooh. yeah. I mean, Nando's is, is is okay, but Hattie Eye Fried Chicken is on another level, my friend. You, you got to try it. All right. Can I? I will take that fried chicken, and I'll put it up against. And I I cannot remember the place, so I have no idea how we would do it, but. Uh, one time I had to go to Atlanta for work reasons and I had the best fucking fried chicken down there, dude. It was fucking unbelievably great. Like, like bring tears to your eyes. I'll never eat this. I like, like I, you want to buy like a, like five buckets to store in your, <laughs> in your luggage. <laughs> it's to take home because you know, you're never going to have it again. 
<laughs> That's what Bali says. She's like, oh, should we take some chicken back to Bangkok? I'm like, it's not going to be nice <laughs> after we transported it for several hours. But you know you're not going to... Have gonna... you ever tried the uh, Korean fried chicken? Uh, yeah, but not like... like I feel like not real in the sense of, you know, I'll go into like Philly and um have it there. And it's, it's good. It's good. Um I mean, I've never been to Korea, so I, I you know, I don't know if I really had the real, real thing, but yeah, I like that. Yes, I do. Um, it's just interesting how many sort of different global cuisines have their own little take on fried yeah. chicken, but it does make it to all global cuisines, isn't it? Like, I'm, I would struggle to think of a, uh, a, a country's cuisine where they don't have some sort of interpretation of fried chicken. You know, with Japan, you've got your karaage and. Um, now I can't think of any other. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Brazil have a fried chicken? Isn't there like a – I could be wrong, but maybe – or maybe I'm thinking Peru. I don't know, but some – Listeners from around the world, share yeah. your regional fried chicken recipes with yes, us. Yes, I know. That's why everybody tuned, tuned in today for for our uh, – we should do – we should have just like a fried chicken off. Oh, that would be great. Just have like fried chicken from all – Fried over. chicken World Cup. World Cup. Let's have a World Cup of chicken. Fry, oh, my God. God damn it. What a great day that would be. We would throw up all over ourselves. Just. We're wasting our time here with this. We really are. This is nonsense. What are we thinking? We're experts. Uh, Imagine that. Imagine like you go, like you travel, like we could travel all over the world and experience all these different fried chickens. Oh, what the fuck are we doing? Can somebody sponsor us? We could do that, right? Hmm. Now you mention it, I, I would like to say thank you to everyone who has very generously been sending yes. us donations over the past few months. And like I said, the fund for the Joel to buy a new microphone is still open. I'm looking at maybe getting one of these little blue Yeti gimmicks. But we do appreciate everyone who's gone over to redcircle.com forward slash super dash j dash cast and sent us some money. Please keep it coming. Uh, you know, we, we are never going to put this behind a Patreon. I will say that yep. now, Damon. I'm not... I'm not paywalling any of this. I'm not ever going to do extra content. It's one episode a week and it's always going to be free, uh, but it does make it, but put smiles on our faces when we get that check. No doubt. Or, or the, the PayPal sent every month. Yep. So thanks everybody. I agree with that a thousand percent. Waking up early in the morning and checking your email and you're like, oh, I got a little email from Joel Abraham. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Joel Abraham. You can edit that. Uh, nine, nine, 9.53. Sorry. Uh, Joel from Joel. I get a nice email from Joel. Uh, and it says, uh, I got cash. That's uh, nice to see. So thank you, everyone. If you're buying a T-shirt or if you're uh, donating or if you're uh, helping our sponsors who then in turn help us, that is always appreciated. And I know, like I said, we... Uh, we try to. We'll, ne- we'll never. We'll never do Patreon because we're, we're. Here's the. Here's the real reason. We're. We're too fucking lazy. <laughs> we're like we're too fucking lazy. <laughs> right. This is a struggle enough to do. Uh, we're. We're not going to do. Like I listened to. Who, uh, well, I know who it was. Uh, Lanza on uh, Voices, and uh, you know they're going over the WrestleMania fucking weekend. He's watching forty-two shows, and I'm like. Uh, we'll have reviews of blah 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 blah. I'm like, my goodness gracious, he is a he is an animal. How does he do it? And he's got two little kids at home. Yeah, as well. don't you feel lazy? 
I feel incredibly lazy listening to that show. <laughs> I feel like, and and they broadcast. But it stresses me out. It really does. I'm just trying to put myself in his shoes for a week. The amount of not only wrestling that he has to consume, but the amount of recording that he does yeah. based on that, it just blows my mind. I don't know how he does He loves it. to hear his own voice. Right, he just he just <laughs> he doesn't. He just loves to hear his own voice and cocaine. That's the only two things it could possibly be. Because yeah, he has more energy than anyone I know. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing: he has the biggest appetite of anyone I know when it comes to the pro wrestling. Right? Um, he just he just consumes it, and I can't I can't watch any one thing that much. And here's the thing, too. I know he's a big Cincinnati Reds, right? He's a big Cincinnati Cincinnati Reds fan. So um, he, uh, you know, watching you know baseball season starting. So he's catching all these fucking games. I'm sure. Like he's just a madman. Two kids, job. What the fuck? I know it just makes me feel like <sighs> so. <laughs> like not lazy, but just rather lazy. No, I don't, I don't envy it, and yeah. I don't aspire to it. I'm very happy with the, the amount of content <laughs> right. that we produce, but I do sort of look at that in wonder and be like, how? Wah, wah. Yeah. Well, the one time, like I, we did a show like two weeks ago, and uh, again, we have this whole fucking thing that we have to do to get a show uploaded. So we record. You know, we're I I download the files after we're done. I send them to Dan. Dan weaves his magic and makes it sound fucking presentable. Then Dan emails it back to me, and then I upload it, and then I have to notify Rich or Joe uh, via text. And I'm so lazy. And every time that our show is ready and you've uploaded it is. Usually the second yeah. that they started recording. They're the doing shit. a live broadcast. Like we we don't even do that. Like they're live on YouTube. Um and I feel bad because you know me and my texting. <laughs> I felt terrible. Um so I literally copy and paste the same text to either Rich or Joe. Uh, see, I like to change it up a bit week, yeah. every week. I can't post the same thing each time. So I'm just looking in the, the private messages. It's like Super Jcast ready. Super Jcast in the hopper. Super Jcast good to go. Super Jcast all set. I just, I can't bring myself really? to do the same <laughs> it's one. It's the exact same thing. It, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it, here it is. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you the exact text every time I send it. It, it, is, it is as follows. Um, let's go back here. Rich is his gentleman's name that I usually send it to. Well, anyway, so, uh, he was, um, Rich is in Alaska. Do you know that? Uh, he's always on a vacation. That is his gimmick. <laughs> that is his gimmick. That's what I even said to, to Joe. Um, uh, yeah, so he... He gets right back to me. He's like, oh, dude, I'm in Alaska. Can you can you hit up Joe? I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm not sure if I have his number. And I did, actually. When I put the number in, I was like, you know, there it is. Uh, but it's copy and paste. It's the same thing. But And it just changed uh, the name. So, hey, Joe, in this case, not the Jimi Hendrix song. Uh, you could replace this with Rich. It's Damon, dot, 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 just letting you know the new J-Cast has been uploaded. And then I put a little extra. I gave, I gave Joe a little extra in this text. Rich is on Craycation or whatever it is. Yeah, Craycation. And then, out of the kindness of his heart, he's, he's a good guy. 
Joe, Joe and I get along very well when we see each other. Not often, but when we see each other. We had a great time in Dallas in, a, in that luxury suite for G1. He goes, text back, hey, okay, man, got it. How have you been? I went radio silent. <laughs> I felt so <laughs> <laughs> Well, good on Joe for being polite, right. but I'm sure he's not losing any sleep over you. I hope not. I hope, I hope he's like, what the fuck? He's sitting by his phone. I want to know how he's fucking doing. Um, telling, telling his wife, he still hasn't replied. This motherfucker, they fucking ghost me. Uh, I don't want him to think that. So uh, I appreciate it. But anyway, the long and the short of this, Joel, is the fact that he, those two are workaholics when it comes to, and, and again, we do one show. They take care of all the entire podcasting network that we have, the huge conglomerate of podcasts that we uh, manage. So good on them. Excellent job. We'll uh, stop uh, eating our ass at this point sometime in the show. Um, where, Joel, where would you like to go today? Because we have plenty to talk about. We have a show that is fucking almost a week old at this point. We can talk about. <laughs> um, we have, uh, I, I saw that you teased a little bit. You did a little tease. I like that. I like when you do that. Um where do you want to go? Lead, lead us, lead us to the way, oh Capitan. I think it would be remiss of us not to mention Shinjiro oh, Otani. Yes. He had a very unfortunate in-ring mishap uh, in a match. Was it against yes. Shinjiro? Yes, think? it was. Um, and yeah, so he's had surgery, I believe, uh, on his spine. Hope that he's doing well. Thoughts, best wishes, Shinjiro Otani. You, you never like to see that, and. You know, the, it always shocks me that this kind of stuff doesn't happen more often because it's an incredibly dangerous business, pro wrestling. So um, it's a minor miracle every time people make it through a match <laughs> unscathed. So, yeah, this kind of stuff can happen at any time with anyone, you know, regardless of your age or skill level or whatever. So, yeah, all the best wishes to Shinjiro. Yeah, did you, see, did you see the match? I did not. No, I can't bring myself. To yeah, I didn't intentionally, and and it is somewhat of a weird story. So um, I was just changing channels, and the show was on, and I got called away from the TV to do something, and I just sat down, and I kid you not, um, the spot was like, I sit down, I look up, and the spot was maybe a minute later, um, and I didn't see it on Twitter. Or anywhere beforehand, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" You know, like I'm, I like, I, like I was kind of like I was, I was like, "Is this an angle?" Did I, I didn't really comprehend what the fuck was going on. Um, it was like a like a German suplex, Joel, um, into the turnbuckle. So it had a, like a long turnbuckle pad, and it, I, I'm going to be. I mean, again. It didn't look like it was like it wasn't like a crazy you know <laughs> you know power bomb from the top rope through nine ta- no no well, it's, it's it never, never the is. crazy spots that end up with the injuries like you know I think it, the Honma injury that was what something innocuous as a, a draping DDT um, I mean it just it happens it does and and again <laughs> the bumps that these guys take on just. And here's the thing: we joke tongue in cheek about guys like Makabe. Oh, how many bumps is he going to take? Whatever. He's he's already taken too many bumps. You know, to, for a normal human being, 
He's taken far too many bumps. Um, and just the idea of it um, is is the stress that it puts on a human being's body is is completely unnatural. So yeah, you are right in the sense that I'm 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 surprised it doesn't happen more often. But anyway, yes, um, it was it was pretty it was pretty unnerving actually. But I did read he did have surgery, right? And but I'm, but correct me if I'm wrong. He's he's still not moving. He's not. It's yeah. Uh, last update, according to the doctors, Otani's surgery yesterday was successful, completing everything they planned to get done. He's transferred hospitals for the next step of the treatment. Unfucking believable. He's probably what he was. He's got to be at least. I mean, fifty, maybe even older than that, right? Hmm. I mean, yeah, uh, well, 49. 49. Okay. We'll round up. Wow. That's, it's, that's just, and here's the thing. So really, I, sh- I should stop making fun of Minoru Suzuki for doing funny face four yeah. matches because safe. That is probably one of the secrets is, uh, it really is. It, it, you, you're not, you're not joking. And you're probably right. Um, you know, it's just weird. It's like you go through your entire career, and he's had definitely more, and I'll put in air quotes, dangerous matches. You know, you look at his time all throughout New Japan and in the nineties, and all Japan, and 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 all those indies that he's worked. Every time we would go over there, he'd be on a show. Uh, what Wrestle One? It's fucked up, man. It really is. It's well, again, the only thing we could do is. Hope for the best, but you know it's, it's just mm, Takiyama. I think of during you know it does it. I don't know. I, I was going to say, does it feel like it's like wrestlers just have like dice in their hand and you know they're constantly rolling the fucking dice? Mm. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's a it's, certainly does. So hope he gets better soon. Um, all right, let us move on to a bit of interesting news. Yeah. What do you got? with regards to the AEW and New Japan Forbidden Door relationship. So from, I think it was last week, AEW Dynamite Rampage will be available to NJPW World Viewers in Japan. So that's obviously region locks for people over there in the country. Um, your initial thoughts on this, please, David, just this, because, you know, obviously Tony Khan has teased a huge announcement as he does pretty much right. every week, but we will give our our thoughts our on thoughts. that one, our educated guesses, okay. if you will. Uh, but yeah, as far as this uh, Dynamite and, and Rampage being on Worlds, you know, we've got Shingo Takagi doing the commentary. He seems really into it, very excited uh, watching the, was it the segment with Wardlow thrown around all the security guards? He was well into that. Uh, so we have some questions for this. Dr. Gary says, do you think AW being on World Impact strong? There's only so much time in the day. And longer term, could there be a situation where in Japan more folk choose to watch AW than Strong? Or do you think the global audience matters more for Strong? Uh, so, yeah, that's one angle to it. But, yeah, just initial thoughts on this this deal, Damon, um, what you think it means in the big picture as well. I mean, I don't I, – I, it, it means that AEW is now on a solely owned New Japan Pro Wrestling Broadcasting network um and that is not a bad thing and of course everyone's heads are spinning and and thinking of how this will will impact a relationship between the two 
And I think you would be a fool to think it would not. Um, it is. It's. Let's put it this way. It's been a slow burn. It's been a slow burn. I think everyone would agree. And again, a lot of the things are out of New Japan's hands and AEW's hands when it comes to how to do this partnership. But know that there is a partnership already in place. It's there. And this is just another step in that direction to help solidify that. Um, Yeah. So... I mean, it, it, that's really, I mean, there's really nothing else to, to, to kind of prognosticate AEW is being shown on a new Japan pro wrestling owned network that, that means that there is, there is more to this eventually than what we have now. And that is a great thing. Yeah. And it's win-win for both companies, isn't it? So AEW going to get some exposure in Japan and then, you know, New Japan get some great content for their network. And maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm already thinking about, I mean, obviously these two companies are working closely together and we can expect that to continue. I'm already thinking about AEW bolstering tournaments and, and tours for New Japan, things like the World Tag League, because this is something that I was a bit hesitant about, you know, back in 2020, 2019, the, the AEW roster was not what it is now. You know, it's they've got a tremendous roster there and they've got people over there who I think would really help beef up some of these tournaments in Japan. Like uh, with the visa situation improving, you can imagine like, just again, taking something like World Tag League as an example, they've already got quite a decent tag division based in Japan. You know, Dangerous Techers, Khan on the Cob, Ishimon, Sonata Shingo, whatever, uh, not to mention Babyface G.O.D., uh, we got our strong teams over, West Coast Wrecking Crew, maybe Aussie Open, TMDK, Violence Unlimited, Good Brothers, Team Filthy. And then you can add in an, an AW team or two. And, you know, I don't think Tony Khan is going to send over his, you know, very best wrestlers and teams for these tournaments unless they're going to win the whole thing. Like, you know, I don't think we're going to get the Young Bucks or Red Dragon going over there to miss two months of TV and go like four and three. But you could send a team like Top Flight, for example, they could easily take a few losses and no one would bat an eyelid. And I think the key thing here is with, you know, six plus months of presumably a, a big chunk of New Japan fans in Japan watching AEW, they're going to know who these guys are. Like one of my reservations were putting in someone from the AEW mid-card in a tournament in Japan. They, the, the fans, they will have no idea who they are. But now they have access to AEW programming. They will know who they are and, and will be able to react accordingly um you know not it's not an insurmountable hurdle by any means it's never stopped before like i don't think the office thought you know brian breaker and lilan race were household names in japan before they even rang them up for 2016 and you know to be fair if you're good you're going to get yourself over regardless but now that shouldn't even be a problem so i'm just thinking of it in terms of uh, getting exposure for, for wrestlers to maybe freshen up some of these tournaments because maybe a bit too early for best of the super juniors i, I, I will be shocked if we get AW talent going over there for that, but certainly later in the year and and heads forth, I think that's something to be thinking about. Yeah, and you're right; they're not going to. You know what? I can't say they're not going to. I don't know what they're going to do, and I don't know who they would bring over. But logic would dictate that, right? You're not bringing over their top stars to to lie down and go, you know, five hundred in a tournament, right? That that would be that wouldn't just be smart booking. Um, but look, the summer, especially here in the States, we're, you know, I, we're ready to go. 
Um, it may not happen in Japan as quickly as you know we might want. Best of the Super Juniors G One, but you know, as things improve and situations improved, yeah. I mean, it, I, I think it's I think it's a definite that it's going to happen. It's just a matter of the red tape that has to be cleared to get guys over there safely uh, and back home safely. That's that's really the the holdup at this point. Um, and and you know, and how that would look and how that would be presented and and who would go over because again, th- keep in mind, even though you would think that you know for two years. At least one company was, you know, having trouble having people in buildings and, you know, there might not, it's still a pro wrestling company and people still need to get over and still people still want their guys to go over and and not look bad. But trust me, there's a lot of smart people involved and I, I, I think they're, I think they're going to figure out the creative part and, and. I don't know. We might be in. We might right around the corner. We might be in store for some f- some of the best pro wrestling we've seen in quite a while. And you know, the opportunity is there with the talent that is on both sides. We 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 quite possibly could be in for uh, some of the best that we've been alive for. So you know, I don't want to. I don't want to put undue pressure on two promotions, but that that's what's on the table right now. I mean, you've been speculating for months and months and months about possible super show. And that was the first thing that popped into my head when this was announced. Like, oh, we've got to get a super show. I said it like within an hour of the, the TV announcement. So we have people asking about that. Multiverse A says, if an AEW New Japan super show were to occur, where in the United States would it need to occur? And what would the top four matches need to be to sell out a football stadium? Now, here we go. We couldn't possibly we, we couldn't possibly comment, Damon. That anything we say would just be just be pure speculation. Is it? Is it? So we, we we can't answer that question. So I'm not going to answer that. No, no discussion about possible uh-huh. super shows. I'm going to completely change the subject uh-huh. here, Damon. Uh, last week we we reminisced fondly about the last time we attended a big New Japan crossover super show with another I US promotion. Uh, the day that I enjoyed that delicious pastrami sandwich. Mm which uh, was, was such a highlight for us. So let me ask you this, Damon. Is it time to open the forbidden doors of a new Delhi? And where are we doing business? Because, of course, the first city with the original salty, meaty goodness was New York. But how about the second city to mix up mm. the beef? You know, we can have some. Some of it can be the finest Japan has to offer, you know, that Wagyu good stuff. Some of it, that elite beef from the US, you know, from Tony's Delhi. My mouth is watering, Damon. I mean, when do you think my sandwich will be ready? Because, I mean, for me, early summer is the perfect time to, to chow down on this beefy treat. Usually, by, by the time I finish watching New Japan Dominion, I'm usually starting t- to crave a pastrami sandwich. Well, I got one, one better for you. How about this? So in the States, we are, v- we are very proud of our uh, localized specialties, right, throughout. Uh, and the Midwest, um, especially has uh, lots of fine foods. I mean, Kansas City is very famous for its barbecue. But one thing in particular, I know you're a huge fan of the of the classic American-style hot dog. And one city that I know in the summertime, there's nothing better than a cold beer in the summertime, right? Joel, you would agree with that, right? And a delicious Chicago-style hot dog. Oh, they're delicious. 
just enjoying the summer sun, say, I don't know, a random day like June 23rd, there might be some delicious hot dogs to enjoy on a nice warm summer's night in Chicago. Again, a random day in June. We'll pick the 23rd um, and enjoy a delicious Chicago style hot dog. How about that? Sounds delicious, Damon. Um, I'm almost tempted to jump straight into our HelloFresh. Hadri <laughs> is a brilliant segue there. Don't do that right now. I'll do that later. But maybe, um, look, I know there's a lot of hoops you have to go through. I know there's a lot of uh, things that need to be buckled up at home. I know that there might be some doors that need to be opened, some forbidden doors, I don't know, that might need to be opened for you to get to Chicago, say, I don't know, fucking the 23rd or something like that. But wouldn't that – I mean, I don't know. There's There's got to be a pro wrestling show somewhere in Chicago on the 23rd, right? I, I would think so. I think that would be uh, uh, a wonderful time to have a hot dog and a wrestling show. But I just, just speculating. We're just David. speculating. We, we, we don't know anything. We, we, we know oh, nothing shit. here. Oh, shit. We just, we just like hot dogs and pastrami sandwiches and wrestling. Especially in the summer. Especially in the summer. Especially in June. Especially in Chicago. Especially with doors being opened. And hot dogs. I don't know. I don't know how else I can say it. People, put fucking two and two together here, please. God damn. Yeah, put two and two together and go to HelloFresh. Oh, do do that. You want to do? How about you? Do you never do the read? Do you want to do the read? Yeah, I can do the read. But but, I mean, to be fair, I've never used their products, and I never will. Ah, it's true. You live. You do the chip. All right, I'll do the read. I don't give a shit. I love doing the read because you know why. Not only do I like Chicago style hot dogs in the middle of the summer. Not the middle of summer, beginning of summer. Um, uh, I like HelloFresh. Love the HelloFresh. And HelloFresh has been a staple in my household for about about, about two months now, right? Fantastic. The meals that they send us are delicious. I haven't haven't turned my nose up to one of them. Um, They're easy to prepare. And they taste fantastic. And I know you've been thinking about it. You fine listeners of the Super J cast. Now's the time to do it. Damon approved. HelloFresh. Well, all you need to do is go to uh, HelloFresh.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Not Voices of Wrestling. VOW. That's what they're called, right? VOW. Um, VOW 16. Where are you going, Joel? Pick, put in a fucking URL. You know, it's a HelloFresh.com slash. Is it VOW16? I'm looking. It's VOW16. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I said the link. He did. I got it. I just got yeah, it. Yeah. So HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Maybe one of those is going to be Chicago. Oh, Who knows, knows, right? Well, maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a forbidden door. I don't know. Um hey, HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal. Come on, you know that. Of the same quality? Mm, probably better. 
No, these restaurants aren't doing too well with the quality, but HelloFresh comes through and you can save on average. Listen to this. Over 65 bucks per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. That's more money to put toward those other 2020 goals. 2020? 2022 goals. Like maybe buying pro wrestling tickets to a show in Chicago. You know, just show up. It might it might happen. Who knows? Um, HelloFresh. Uh, VOW16. Uh, put in that code VOW16. And... Uh, Again, 16 free meals, three free gifts. Highly recommended by Damon. Enjoy the HelloFresh quality meals delivered right to your doorstep. Go do it now and uh, tell them Damon has sent you and uh, give us money. Thank you. Okay. Uh, So we have some more questions about a possible AW New Japan mm. Super Show that we just, you know, mindlessly speculated just about. Just mindlessly. Uh, but may- maybe we'll wait and I'll save those questions for next week because I don't know, maybe there'll just be, there'll be a bit more news in it by the time we record next week. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? We just spit yeah. on Damon. So I'm going to keep okay. those ones. Uh, let's move on to discuss Hyper Battle mm. from Tokyo, Ryogoku Kokugikan, Sumo Hall. First of all, crowd looked great. I think we, we're starting to get a lot of the Laps fans checking in. I know some people who hadn't who sort of checked out in New Japan for months, if not years, were now coming back because they like the look of this card. And you know, we're back to Sumo Hall. It felt like a big show. Yes, didn't it? it felt like it, it felt like a New Japan Pro Wrestling show that we we are all familiar with. Um, and I don't want to say that's the first time in a, in a long time, but it, every day we take steps getting closer to that feeling, and and this is by far has been the closest. And let's get straight into it then. So our first match was a team of Jado, Tangaloa, Tamatonga, Hiroshi, Tanahashi, defeating Gedo, Yudro, Chase Owens, Badlock, Farley, 10 minutes, 28 seconds. So it was Jado who got the submission win over Gedo with a crossface of Jado. I mean, who'd have thought that in 2022, one of the best stories would be Jado's revenge? And everyone from the crowd to our Discord to Twitter were well into this. It was a great little moment. Uh, G.O.D. getting genuinely emotional for their official entry into Hontai with their line mark shirts was heartwarming stuff. And this is why I'm really keen and, and high on this Bullet Club saga. Like, sure, you could have gone straight in with a big Jay White versus Evil angle, but starting with something you know, relatively small, like the G.O.D. expulsion, and over the course of a few weeks and, and some low-key undercar matches, we've got a really cool payoff with Jado getting his revenge and, and G.O.D. getting their uh, their welcome into Hontai with Tanahashi. So it looks like they're going to take their time with this story and really milk it for for satisfying little morsels like this. I thought this was really Yeah, you're good. right. It, it, it was about – it was a match about T-shirts and and minor players getting a little bit of revenge, right? And you're right. They could have just gone straight into it and just little – Maybe we'll get another match about uh, T-shirts and getting revenge in June. Is it? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, look, it's uh, it's it's odd to see Hiroshi Tanahashi in an opening match, multi-man tag. Um, it's odd that he wasn't the focal point of the match. Um, I don't want to say it was a night off by any stretch, but you know. There were other things that needed to be accomplished, and he was a was a was a small factor in that. Um, and again, I think he it was more impactful him after the match, handing over the t shirts, um, God putting them on, which did look weird. I'm not gonna lie, it did look weird. Uh, 
but it's working. So, I mean, just uh, we're, we're progressing a storyline. You know, we throw around civil war and I don't know anything about comics. So please do not at Joel on this. Uh, but the one that I do remember reading and really enjoying a lot was that civil war uh, thing with Captain America and Iron Man and all that shit. Um, I remember reading that in London, England, Joel. Um, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, they had a lot of like pieces of that story in different superhero comic books all throughout. And that's the feel that I got here. And again, some of that might very well be that we can't bring everybody in COVID, but like, like it just feels like they're doing it right. And for something to open a show like this, to help connect a little piece of the dot, to help further the story, I don't know. I, I, I was digging it, and I didn't think I was going to. I'm, I'm digging it. Second match was Shingo Takagi and Tetsuya Naito defeating Eric Hanare and Will Ospreay. Nine minutes, 23 seconds. Shingo pinned Hanare after using his secondary move, the Made in Japan. So did not lose to the last of the Dragons. Uh, Kevin Kelly was working really hard to, to try to spin that as progress for Hanare, saying that he didn't lose to the pumping bomber. Uh, and then Shingo added insult to injury by stealing Hanare's sunglasses <laughs> and mocking him. Uh, David, could you twist yourself into a pretzel to make this anything other than a huge L for, for your boy Hanare? Yeah, listen. Well, look, I don't want to say that we kind of felt that, you know, he was the guy that was going to lie down in this match. But, you know... I think you're just waiting for the moment. You know, he's just waiting for the moment. He, look, he he's. I feel like he's done everything he possibly can. Like he looks good. He looks good in the ring. The gimmick looks good. He's in a faction that you know can be red hot. I, I just. I don't want him to be a bit player in 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 it, you know. He's like it's 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 just baby steps with Hanare. Um uh I guess we got just got to be patient, right? We just have to be patient. And it's it's happening, but yeah, it, in in that match. I mean, who's going to lie down in that match besides him? Right? It's, it's got to be him. So match was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Championship match with the 69th champions, 6 or 9. Master Wato, Ryusuke Taguchi successfully completed their first defense against El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori. So Taguchi uh, got the win over ELP with the Samson Clutch. <laughs> well, the one thing that stood out to me was ELP just walking around shouting shitty balls, shit, shit balls at the start of the match. Uh, so good, good content. Well done. Um, the We had the Sendai Sailor Boys callbacks, of course, between Taguchi and Ishimori. Uh, lots of ha-has in this match. You know, we had Taguchi's iron bum, the back breaks. Uh, I did enjoy the spot where they cropped Taguchi on Watto's head. I thought the retching was a bit insensitive. Could have been avoided if uh, Taguchi had used the, the, the products from our friends over at Manscapes mm-hmm. at manscaped.com. Take it away, <laughs> They don't sponsor us anymore. Uh, I had felt up until this point that six or nine still had the whiff of two singles wrestlers. But here, they definitely stepped up. They'd improved their synergy. There were some really creative team spots. I thought the closing sequence with a pinning exchange between ELP and Taguchi was even better. And uh, a nice bit of uh, a bum fun, a bit of analingus action at the end. Uh, a finish as old as time. 
Damon uh, Tucci obviously had been studying his Memphis takes where uh, wrestlers would famously pull their pants down and, and spread their near naked buttocks uh, over their opponents' faces. Well, listen, you got you, you know, you're going back. Some people like to go back to uh, Carl Gotch and uh, Billy Robinson. Others, you know, take a different route. Um, yes, he loves to show off his butt, and why? And why not? You know, <laughs> why not? Uh, I'll tell you why not. I don't want to say. Um, can I tell you? Can I talk about Master Watto for a second? Um, you know, he's a guy that usually is on the back end of our uh, witty jabs. But I, I, am, am I digging him in this tag team? I, I, I think this is a good role for him. I think this is a good confidence building role for him. I like the. F- we said this day. We said this like over a year ago. Put him together with Taguchi. Let him grow his confidence in a tag yeah. team, and it's exactly what's happening. exactly what's happening. Um, and and we're hiding some of his flaws. We're well, we're hiding a lot of his flaws. Um, we're giving him like room to breathe. He can kind of grow into his gimmick a little bit more, and not be solely relied on to carry a match or be, you know, or to be master Watto. When again, we've been saying it's a square peg round hole kind of feeling with this guy in this gimmick, but this, this is working and this is what was needed. And he can grow from this and see what he could do to take the next step. Um, but for right now, this, this feels like a much better master Watto than what we were kind of force fed before. Agreed. And um, one of my low-key favorite things about this team are the backstage promos, which is, you know, that's one of Watto's weaknesses. He's not a great promo, but his sort of babyface, earnest, very simplistic promos uh, count, uh, counterbalanced against Taguchi's nonsense is usually quite funny and charming. Like after the match, I think it was Kanemaru and Doki attacked uh, Taguchi and Watto and saying, we're your next challengers. And then Taguchi's going... Oh, what does this mean? Who will our next challengers be? Surely it can't be Nakashima and Ryohei Oiwa because they're young lines. What, what does this mean? I don't understand. And, and I thought that was very funny. Uh, against, yeah, Watto just playing it completely straight. So the backstage promos are always entertaining with the pair of them. So our fourth match was the KOPW. Oh, did you have that? No, 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 no. It's just agreeing. Yep, just agreeing. Fourth match, uh, KOPW 2022 Championship match. The no-broke ring-out match where Taichi, the challenger, was victorious against the holder, Toriano. Four minutes, 18 seconds by ring out. Taichi is the new provisional KPW 2022 holder. Uh, we'll call it last week, said this would be less than five minutes, and it was. Uh, I really like this. I like Taichi's robe. He had a special sumo robe. Brought his own sumo zabuton cushion, sitting on the floor outside the ring. You know, it's the same style that the, the Rikishi do during a, a sumo basho. It's the attention to detail. You could really tell Taichi was enjoying this. Uh, and God bless Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton filling in that time while the ring crew took forever yes. to take the ropes up by uh, digging deep into the psychology of the, this nonsense KBW. Uh, but Taichi was right in, in saying that uh, doing a pastiche of a sumo match in Ryo Goku of all places would have been incredibly disrespectful. So we have more of a, a wrestling gimmick match with little loving nods yes. to sumo. Uh, the most authentic probably being the ref eating shit and getting yeeted out of the ring. Uh, there was an incredible bump by Kenta Sato, so well done to him. Uh, and also we got a, a classic Mawashi belt ba- battle and the finish. Oh my goodness, what a pop. It might be the loudest since the pandemic started, to be honest, uh, when Taichi finally managed to get the win. And Taichi did the the iconic 
Hakuho celebration at the end with a big fist pump. Yeah, and I thought this was great. Uh, by far the most enjoyable KOPW match so far. Uh, Taichi called out Shingo in a really entertaining backstage segment. Taichi was suggesting that they bring New Japan back to Ganryujima Islands. Uh, and he's telling everyone, be excited. Uh, so some questions about this. Flynn says, please spend some time showing reverence to our Holy Emperor for trying to make the KOPW worth watching. Should they just get rid of the stupid trophy now and present something at the end of the year? And Slurm316 says, am I wrong to have enjoyed the super match at Hyper Battle as much as I did? Damon, did you enjoy it? And are you excited about this upcoming uh, Tai Chi race? It's, yes. I mean, it's much better than, than the, the normal Yano nonsense that we've been subjected to. I, I loved it because to me it was uh, Tai Chi, obviously being very much a fan of of sumo, uh, kind of writing a little bit of a love letter, <laughs> you know that this whole match was with little references. And if you're a fan of sumo, well, like you are, and 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 other listeners of ours are, um, you kind of got a lot of those those little nods and little little um, little tips of the cap when it comes to the sumo. So the, I, I think I enjoyed it in that sense. I, I liked it. It was short. Like it, it just would, there's no way this could have gone more than 10, right? And oh, let's be honest, there's no way we should have gone more than seven and it didn't. Um, what was packed in it, I thought was entertaining. I think the fans dug it. As, as you said, the pop was <laughs> maybe one of the loudest that we've heard. Uh, COVID era. I, I don't. I'm going to be very truthful. I don't know what what there was not to like about it. Like it wasn't a. Like it wasn't. It wasn't nonsense. It was still nonsense in the in the in the sense of okay, you didn't get a pro wrestling match, but you really did. You probably got more of a pro wrestling match here than if you think about it. Just in, in any other match, like this was. This was everything that is good about pro wrestling and not worked as a pro wrestling match, if that makes any sense. Um, it, it, like this hybrid, again, it wasn't sumo. He didn't want to disrespect it in, in the hallowed halls. But in the same breath, again, this was a this was a fan kind of, I don't want to say living out a little bit of a dream, but that's the way I felt with it, with everything that was done for this match. And, and again, I, I feel like this was his doing like this was his ideas i'm going to do this i want this i want this to be here i want the, like he's doing this he might have had help and he might have had you know um other people say and what to do and you know but to me this felt like a love letter to a sport that this guy really likes and i thought that was pretty cool what a world we live in where damon is excited about Tai Chi having a, a reign with a comedy mid-card title and saying this is everything that is great about pro wrestling. It really was. I mean, I what if you think about it? It really is. It right. really is everything that we love about pro wrestling. Like, it was silly, but not silly. It was... It was earnest at the end, yes. wasn't it? Like, it, it, felt, it felt like a moment when he won and the crowd treated it as such. I, I, as, as, you're right. As, as crazy as it sounds... Yes, it felt like it was. Uh, it was. I think they made the most out of a out of a situation, and then the situation being the KOPW situation in general. Like, I don't. I to me, this was one of the most enjoyable moments from that division. You know, name me another one that was better than that. 
I, you'd be hard pressed. Like I, it just, it felt, it felt good. Like, like when it was done, you felt good. You kind of like, was like, all right, that, that was, that was, that was good. That was good. All right. Okay, uh, then they announced we have our G1 Climax dates set. Interesting thing here, Damon, we've got 20 nights instead of 19. Mm. So it's been a lot of speculation about what that could mean. Maybe expanded blocks, like we have two blocks of 11 and, and two nights where both blocks are in action. Uh, any initial thoughts on this? What you think this 20 nights could be? Or is it just too early to tell? It could be anything, really. Couldn't it? Oh, it could be anything, but but if we're going with you know 50th anniversary, bigger, better... You know, let's 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 you know, s- squeeze ten pounds of shit in a fucking five pound bag. Um, to me, it sounds like more people, right? I mean, we're adding a we're adding a whole night. Um, that seems to 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 me that more not well, how how are we going to fill that? <laughs> that means more people, right? Doesn't it? I think so. If you put a gun to my head, I would say expanded blocks and a couple, at least, of uh, double block nights. So, uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to G1 Climax. I think it's safe to say, you know, we don't know who's going to be in it, but I think it will be a much refreshed lineup. Uh, you know, last year we were sitting around, you know, on a Super J Class Discord trying to get 20 names together. Like, it was a struggle finding 20 names of guys you know, based in Japan or who had pre-existing visas who were willing and able to travel to try and fill out that block, uh, both of those blocks. But now I think uh, we're going to have something a bit more fresh, a bit more exciting to look forward no, to. And, and here's okay, the thing, I'm sorry, uh, to off, but like, yeah. and, and also, again, we're all sitting here with a boner over, you know, possibilities with AEW. You know, they still have a relationship with other promotions in Japan that, you know, maybe we can tap that a little bit, right? I mean, we... Um, Noah, all Japan. I mean, the the, the, the I mean, I can't, I can't say they're not on the table at this point, right? I mean, the possibility of it, right? Um, I'm sure they have a plan A and a plan B. Let's put it that way. Okay, then we had a segment where Sonata came out and vacated the US title due to his orbital injury. And then Will Ospreay came out, what I thought was a, a pretty good promo, actually. I know people would seem to despise his promos. And then Tanahashi came and told him to shut up in English, which was great. Uh, challenged him for the vacant title at the Fukuoka Dome. Pretty good, right? That should be a, that should be a pretty great match. Um, I don't know. I don't really. I, I, I he reminds me of Jake. Is it Jake Paul? Is it, is it the guy I'm thinking of? Um, that's who Osprey reminds me of. <laughs> he reminds me of that. Um, eh. I thought the promo was okay. I thought I'll tell you who looked good. Sonata looked good. <laughs> like for a guy who's on the shelf with an yeah. iron gear and a, a cracked orbital bone, guy looks sharp. I think he always fucking does. He always looks sharp. The clean shaven thing really suits him. I think. I agree. The Billy Goat thing. Who cares? Um, yeah. So okay. So we now we got a vacant U.S. title, uh, and Will and, and Tana. That's uh, and a built-in program for Sonata when he returns. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Good stuff. Yep, not bad at all. All right, uh, fifth match was the Never Championship match with Evil successfully defending against Hiromi Takahashi, 15 minutes, 47 seconds. Uh, I liked that Hiromi was wearing his special black Evil trousers with Evil written all over them. Uh, and I enjoyed the start of this. He was uh, baiting Dick Togo. It was like he came in with a really smart game plan with a shotgun drop kicks. 
and uh, they were foiling Dick Togo spots peppered throughout the match, which was really fun. Like when he power bombed Evil from the apron onto Togo, and uh, that's what I like to see. You know, we don't want to see. You know, even if Evil is going to win, we don't want to see the baby face uh, look like a boob suffering at the hands of the exact same spots every exactly. single time from Dick Togo. So I like that they they mixed it up here. Um, one day. Yuto Nakashima is going to attack Hiromu and it will be because of that drop. You know, when he, he pushed Nakashima in the way. Uh, and I think these two have got really good chemistry together. I think Hiromu's a good babyface underdog. He's fiery. He sells the, the hatred and the betrayal well. He really gets the crowd into the comeback spots. And, and I did mention before the New Japan Cup match that I thought this feud would be one where Hiromu really has to struggle to earn the big win. So I was, I was a bit surprised he got the New Japan Cup win. But I think in the unofficial New Japan hierarchy of wins, a tournament win is worth less than a singles title win. So it made sense that he couldn't get the job done here when the belt was on the line. And, and I really like the finish with Hiromu powering through the impacts uh, with, with the turnbuckle rings, but he ran straight into the evil STO. Uh, it was a great bump from Hiromu. Like, you can tell these guys like each other and respect each other. They bump for each other. They make each other look good. He just fucking ragged off for this. And uh, it, I think it continues the trend for evil's steady improvement in 2022. I thought this wasn't quite as hot as the cup match, but it was really interesting. I found it entertaining. I thought the spots were creative. It was paced well. And evil is still good. It is official. Uh, and then we had some teases at the end with uh, G.O.D. Uh, against Yujiro and Evil. People are really into this babyface G.O.D., I'll tell you this. But yeah, what did you think of Hiromu against I him? loved it. I really did. I, I really liked the match a lot. Hiromu, yeah, he had his working shoes on, bumping everywhere, big, big offense. And you're right, you know, Evil's had a sneaky, silent, not, you know, nothing that's not going to blow your pants off, but it's, it's a much better year. Um, if you're looking at it with a critical eye than previous, uh, the match was good. Yes. Was there interference? Of course. Right. Was Dick Togo involved? Of course. That's fine. If you, you know, that's it, it, again, it's okay when it's done properly. And I thought it was. Um, the, you are right in the, in the sense of tournament wins are ranked less than you know singles matches. I don't know, man. They got me. I really thought it was going to win. <laughs> I really did. Uh, there were a couple moments where I'm just like, oh, I thought that was. I thought that was it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're you you know what I mean? Like you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, ah, oh, hey, look at some random cards, or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards. It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. 
You get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Ufi Video Lock. Ufi Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all three-in-one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security the eufy video lock is also for convenience no more concerns about losing keys and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras some other great features we love about the eufy video lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K Clear Sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. 
I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Eufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Eufy Video Lock. E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Uh, and that's, again, that's what pro wrestling is for. That's what it does. Gives you those little, that's why they call them hope spots. Um, I will say this. I think Hiromu, of all of Los Ingobernables, has taken this evil thing uh, and made it more about him as opposed to the group. And that's kind of surprising if you told me like when evil turned. Like, Evil's going to wrestle Naito. Evil's going to wrestle Shingo. Evil's going to wrestle, I don't know, fucking Bushi. Probably not, but, but you, know, you get my point. Um, like, But it's Hiromo. And I think it, there is something to be said about that respect that they both have. They both went up through the ranks together, et cetera. Um, that's there. That That's that little, that's that, that's a little, those little breadcrumbs that New Japan feeds you. Um, and the fact that he seems to want to defend the honor of Los Ingobernables more than all the others, Sonata, you know what I mean? Like, like he he has taken it personally um, and taken on that responsibility personally. I like that a lot. So, yeah, you know, like I said, I thought it was going to be a win. And even though I predicted Evil would win, um, there, there were plenty of times where I was like, oh, come on, have the balls to fucking do it. And, you know. It is what it is, but yeah, it makes sense. Yes, I think Evil owes a lot to Hiromu in helping get his heel turn over and get the feud yep. over. I think if you take away this, all, all the Hiromu interactions from this Evil heel turn, then we're not left with a great deal. So he should be taking him out for dinner, as I'm sure he will. But uh, let's move on to the sixth match, which was the IWGP Tag Championship match, where Khan on the Cobb, Great Khan and Jeff Cobb, defeated the champions Bishamon, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. So Cobb pinned Yoshihashi after 16 minutes and five seconds with the Tour of the Islands. So Cobb and Okan are the new IWGP Tag Team Champions. Uh, I, I was a little bit unsure, actually, at the start when Great Khan, all hail, uh, started bringing his police commendation to the <laughs> ring. Uh, but then... I realized it was genius because he's like one of those people who take Instagram selfie videos of them giving money to homeless right. people. Or, you know, that kid who did the TikTok video singing in front of his dying grandparent in the hospital. So he's just going to look it and be obnoxious about it. And I thought this is a, a fantastic touch because we were worried, like, oh, is it going to turn him baby face? No, no, it's not. Um, but he's the sort of you love to hate him kind of guy. I loved him doing the honorable handshake at the start, just really milking it to the point where, you know, it got a bit awkward. I thought that was brilliant. I think he's such a great performer, Great Khan, all hail. Uh, and Bishamon, I thought they, they worked really hard here as well. They worked on some new tag moves. Uh, Chris Charlton brought it up uh, a good point about them not needing to audibly coordinate their spots anymore. And I think my favorite parts of the match were some of the Great Okan All Hail uh, versus Goto exchanges. I thought they had good chemistry. And of course, you know, we all enjoyed the Cobb Yoshihashi New Japan Cup match. So we know that they're good together. And they kept some of the little stories going from that, like with Yoshihashi going after Cobb's knee again. He was not able to lift Cobb by himself, uh, as happened in the Cup match, but he was able to do it with a boost from Goto here. But I thought. Khan on the Cobb put together a really cool finishing sequence here that I watched several times. I really enjoyed this with uh, Okan or Hale not being able to hit the Eliminator on Yoshihashi by himself. So he bounced him off Cobb's forearm, 
back into the Eliminator. That looked really devastating. And I really like how Cobb and O'Kan and Orhel were screaming instructions at each other towards the end as, as Goto's usual rope running got counted into the Imperial drop. It was a very cool sequence. The crowd audibly popped for that. And there was a big gasp just for the setup yeah. to the Tour of the Islands. Before it even got halfway through the rotation, uh, the crowd were really into that. Uh, and I'm delighted to see them win the belts. Uh, I'm delighted that O'Kan or Hale gets his first win, uh, his first title win in the company. And I think they really hit their stride here. They tapped into a nice dynamic, basically just throwing their opponents into each other's power moves, which sounds simple, but it looks great. And the crowd loved it. It's awesome to have these powerhouse heel bullies as tag champions. They're not going to break the rules. They're just going to pick your ass up and throw you on the ground like a sack of potatoes. It is good shit. And you know, obviously I can't understand Japanese, but it feels like Great Okan or Hale is one of the best promos in the company right now. Like you just feel that he he owns this gimmick, this character. He just jumps right off the fucking screen in everything he does. One of my favorite guys to watch right now, seeing him swaggering out to the back with his little towel and his certificate and his stupid <laughs> hat, ordering the crowd to clap him louder. It was so good. It just a pair of them gloating like massive arseholes afterwards. It's incredibly fun. I think it's the best tag match you've had in the company for a long time. And the icing on the cake was... Uh, great Okan, all hell, asking Goto, are you crying? Do you want a pancake? After the battle? a little throwback to the story about him offering the, the girl pancakes after he rescued her. So I love this. I thought this was fantastic. Yeah, top to bottom. I agree. I love this tag team a lot. I really do. Like they are, to me, they are a throwback tag team. Um, back in the day with your, your Vaders and, and, and Bigelow and Steiners and, Hercules Hernandez and Scott Norton, the Jurassic power, you know, like it feels like that's they're cut from that mold. And that's that I definitely get into a lot. Uh, and you're right. They're not going to cheat their way. They're, they're going to throw your ass through the fucking ring. They're going to toss you, which is great. I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, I think. And I, and again, we sit here and we, we do throw praise at uh, Cobb and, and Ocon, I'm supposed to uh, hail. What am I supposed to do? All hail. <laughs> um, the I, I think there's there's credit that needs to be given to Goto and and Yoshihashi, who were really really good in this match. I thought, uh, and and were were a, a really solid tag team, uh, and still are because they get a rematch. Right there, there's there's a rematch right around the corner, so that should be great again. Um, yeah, I think I think I think they deserve a little tip of the cap too because this match was really good. Um, I don't know. I just get really excited thinking about the possibilities with them holding the titles. Hopefully for a decent run. I just I wanted them to win the titles before. Like I just I you know I just think that they are one of those tag teams that visually look like. That's what I want to have a fucking tag team. Like they just look the part that I really like. And and, and you're right with the gimmick and the, and the certificate and him <laughs> him milking it for all it's worth. It is that is pretty great. It is pretty great. So yeah, uh, they they have they are one of my favorites, uh, especially when it comes to the tag team wrestling. Love them, love them. Yeah, I think O'Connor's just got a great mind for the business. Like, I, I wonder if he was thinking when he got that certificate from the police, like when that story came out, like, fuck, I'm supposed to be a heel. How right. am I going to spin this and make it work for me as a heel? And he's done it, like, it's almost effortlessly. Yeah. It, it's just so good. He's just, he, he gets it. He gets pro yes. wrestling. Yes, yes, a thousand percent. And I'll say, I'll go so far as to say this. 
Like that's a blue chipper right there. Like he's a blue chipper. Like he's he, he's better than I ever expected him to be. Better than I I like I thought there was a definite ceiling to the gimmick. He's 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 surpassed the gimmick, right? Like he's blown past the gimmick, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, you just see it looking at the crowd, you know, people dressing up as him, the cosplayers, the, the, the fan art on Twitter. Yep. It, yeah. He, like, that gimmick could have been an absolute fucking handcuff, a straitjacket. He has, he has not only, like, like when we talk about Watto not fitting into the gimmick and, and feeling like it's just an awkward thing, the opposite of that is Okan. Like he has not only taken it, this gimmick and this idea, and he has made it his own in in arguably a very short amount of time, very short amount of time. Like people take years to really become a gimmick. You know what I mean? Like to give you a terrible example, I mean, look at like, like the Undertaker. Like you're gonna compare the Undertaker, like the, his first three years to his next three years to his next three years. Like you see how a guy progresses and becomes it. He's becoming it. It's pretty amazing, actually. And I think that's the hardest part in pro wrestling. The hardest part in pro wrestling is doing what he's doing. Like it's it's not always the great shit that you see in the ring. You know the maneuvers. So that's not always it. It helps. It's it's what he's doing is the hardest part about pro wrestling. Making a connection and 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 making a gimmick your own. That's the hard part. He's fucking doing it. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm telling you, I mean, there's people out there who, who are not fans and they're gonna dig their heels in with O'Connor and about evil, but don't don't sleep on these guys. I think 2022 is going to be a big year for, for both of these guys uh, let's move on then to the seventh match which was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with El Desperado successfully defending against the Challenger Show in 20 minutes 33 seconds with Pinche Loco uh, look David yeah. as soon as Show stepped out from behind the curtain I started laughing and maybe that's not the intended reaction but the whole package like the silly emo fringe covering his face his silly faces his silly tech end hoodie his silly little wrench his silly interviews where he accuses his opponents of cheating I just I couldn't help chuckling at this weird little man and the bizarre heel gimmick persona. There's just something inherently farcical about show that is kind of entertaining. I'm not saying that I've completely turned the corner of him, and I'm not in the ironically enjoying him camp yet. But I just want to go on the record and say that he is making me laugh, and I thought this match was really good. You know, we're going to put that in the bank for now. Uh, that chair spot at the start, like some of you might have got uncomfortable flashbacks to Royal Rumble 2001, that ladder match between two Canadian Chris's. That's what it reminded me of. And, and in a vacuum, the spot looked and sounded terrific, but it carries a lot of historical baggage that maybe tucked my collar and go, oh, but uh, putting that to one side, this match had a real nasty and vindictive feel to it because they're basically both assholes. We just happen to like one of them. And Despy took some wild bumps here. Like the one with his ribs on the guardrail was nuts. So you could see from very early on that Despy was working overtime to make show look like a fucking killer. And he did some wild shit in this match in such a way that it made me think that he was losing. It made me think this is a guy who's going to be taking some time off after this. Like, it, it was like I was watching Doki. 
Uh, he sold his left arm really well. He always sells his limbs well. Despy's one of the best sellers in the company. He he could sell a Manscaped product to a supermarket. <laughs> We certainly we fucking could. Uh, at a moment of appreciation for show selling his injured throat, like he was an extra from Michael Jackson's Thriller, it was so funny. I don't know. He's he's, he's entertaining me a lot. But there were, the match itself, there was a really good intensity to it. Some really nice bitey striking exchanges. Show displayed a killer instinct and, and a ruthlessness that I hadn't seen in him before. He looked dominant here, and I'm going to throw flowers at both he and Despy for that because they both played their part. He didn't even need to do the ref bump and low blow wrench spot, but it, I mean, it didn't amount to anything, and they went back to having a great match. But the the submission near fall with a snake bite was great. Despy sold that brilliantly because I thought he was out, uh, and they don't usually do the com- comeback spots that often. It seems like the 50 50 shot these days in New Japan, whether the opponent's just going to be unconscious and the ref calls it off. So I was actually, I, I thought all the signs were pointing to show winning. So I was. Genuinely surprised that Despy won. And dare I say it, dare I say it, a little bit disappointed because I thought Show was vastly improved here. I thought this is his best outing since the heel turn. And, and as they were discussing possible next challenges for Despy, <laughs> I was praying for El Lindemann to come out, Damon. I was I was heartbroken when Taiji Shimori <laughs> came out. He was the last person I wanted to challenge. And, and then we got the Francesco Akira appearance, which was a little bit odd. We'll, we'll talk about that afterwards. But first of all, please give me your thoughts on Despy versus Show. Uh, look, I think Show is... When show doesn't do that, like, I know that you're at the point where it makes you giggle. Like, it just really turns me the other way. Like, I just, I, I, like, I'm not at the, I'm not at the point of irony yet. Like, I'm at the point, I'm still at the point of, why are you doing this? <laughs> it's because in the same breath, you're, you're having a match that, like, is, is kind of like your strong point. Like, why would you do things that, obviously aren't your your strengths with with i don't that here's an example of a guy who just it doesn't work like he's this is not the role for him and it and it is painful to watch yet he goes in the ring and he does things that we know he can do we know the talent that he has I, he, he just loses me, like like he it, it. I was praying that he wouldn't win, so that I wouldn't have to see it again and again and again, and have people think that oh this is working. It's not. It's it's pretty cringy, to, for lack of a better word. Despy was great. Despy's Despy might be the most underrated guy in the fucking promotion. Like, I feel like he can wear so many hats. Uh, and it's very comforting to know that you don't always have to rely on Hiromu for the juniors. Like, I think that's the one thing that we can take out of that, like this this run for Despy, is that it's not like he had this great moment and it was, okay, red hot, and then it cooled off considerably with him on other defenses. And 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 the energy was, was really Hiromu and... and the the idea of those two guys together, it's not like he's able to do it himself. He's able to dare I say, be a leader in that junior division. Which again, things could get very stale if it was just Hiromo. Um, and again, we've had Robbie Eagles, and we've had uh, kind of well, not kind of Mar- uh, Ishimori, uh, and we've had. Watto in the mix at, at certain points, but to me, 
like head and shoulders. Like to be able to be able to rely on a guy to to, you know, while Hiromu's kind of getting his feet wet with the heavies and kind of getting everybody mentally prepared for that move, which it feels like is eventual. Despy's been the fucking rock of that of that division. And and when you desperately needed it, he's he's a stud. He's he he is an he is an undervalued commodity that New Japan Pro Wrestling has that I don't think he gets enough love for. I mean, within with outside of the Super JK circle. Yeah, agreed. I think he's been given the ball, he's taken it, and he's absolutely run with it. To me, he feels like a, a big deal now. He doesn't feel like a mid carder. He feels like a dare I say a, a star. He feels like a top guy in the junior division. So well done to him for absolutely making the most of the, that deserved opportunity. Uh, so, yeah, after the match, we had uh, Bruciare, uh, Francesco Akira, making his appearance. Uh, it was not the best debut segment in the world. It felt a little bit awkward and confused that the lighter wasn't really working properly. And then you couldn't really hear what he was saying. And he didn't introduce himself. He didn't, I don't think he even said his name. And the, the commentary didn't really get that across. And he just walked out of the ring afterwards and... Despi and Ishimori just looked a bit nonplussed and just continued their conversation. And his backstage promo afterwards, he looked quite nervous. I don't know. I, I mean, the the presentation of this and the in-ring quality of Francesco Akira are two very different things. But this one did make me a bit nervous. Um, I don't know if it, it, I mean, it wasn't a good segment. I think it, no one would think that it was. But that doesn't concern me because we've seen that many times. Right. How many times have we seen that awkward transition from a guy that, you know, people might not be too familiar with hitting a ring or, you know, we've, we saw, we even saw it with Despy to a certain degree. Remember when Despy debuted, you know, was, was a bushi in the ring and the flowers and like everybody was kind of just like, okay, here's a guy and I'm not really kind of getting what was going on. Um, I'll get better. I mean, that, I mean, that's new Japan's job to, to get him over, right? And it's his job too. Yeah. It, it was a, it wasn't a great segment, but um, that doesn't. I don't. I don't think that's going to. I mean, it wasn't Master Watto esque. You know what I mean? It wasn't that bad. But all right, you know, it'll get better. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. He didn't get beaten up by Dolphy <laughs> on his debut appearance. So we'll, we'll give him that. He's he's winning so far. So yeah, we'll see Francesco Akira in Best of the Super Juniors, which I'm quite looking forward to. I mean, it, it did make me wonder why do that segment here if he's not going to be appearing until Best of the Super Juniors. But whatever, not a great debut segment, but we'll wait and see uh, when he makes his in-ring uh, appearance. So let's move on then to the main event, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match with Kazuchika Okada successfully defending against the New Japan Cup winners. That's a junior in 28 minutes, 25 seconds with the Rainmaker. Now, the God bless our Discord. I think it's mainly Andrew from our Discord, actually, who managed to convince pretty much everyone in there that not only was Zach winning, but Shibata was going to challenge him afterwards, and that was going to be the main event at Don Taco in the Dome, uh, Zach versus Shibata for the title. So I have to admit, when I saw Shibata come out for commentary, I was a bit like, oh, hello, what's going on here then? Yeah. So I, you know, prior to that, I thought uh, Zach had no chance of winning. And then that happened, I was like, okay, maybe he's got like a, one percent chance of winning and then 
uh, I'm not putting Manabu on blast here, but I got a, a line message from him, which I just glanced at quickly and I just saw the words Zach Sabre Jr. winning and 1%. And I just put my phone down because I was like, I don't want to see what that was because I, I haven't watched the match yet. But you know, sometimes if you see a spoiler and your mind starts racing, starts sort of trying to twist it. Yes, yeah. So then I was thinking, well, what could that mean? Maybe that he, he thought Zach only had a 1% chance of winning and, and he did win or he didn't win. I don't know what this means. So I had a bit of intrigue now going into it. So, uh, they had the you know the usual early feeling out period. It really kicked up a notch when Zach went for the armbar on the ring apron. He, he really fired up there. That was a little signifier that Zach meant business here. Uh, he had a lot of the crowd on his side, actually. They got me with a submission near fall. He had all of Okada's limbs tied up to the point at which I, I couldn't see how Okada was going to escape. His tongue. I thought that was a, a really... He's sticking his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, there was a fantastic moment on the outside where Zach was slapping the taste out of Okada's mouth and then gets a tombstone on the mat. Uh, that Zach driver near fall was really great. He just did it so fluidly and quickly. It came out of nowhere. He pinned straight away. And, and that's the beauty of these tournament finals where you can play off of the moves that put everyone else away. Uh, so, you know, we had Zach really laying the strikes in hard. The closing exchange of near falls was brilliant. It was smooth as silk. We added a little fuck you with a Fujiwara armbar. And then, yeah, Zach trying to use the same finishing sequence that put away Naito. But this time, Okada was able to reverse the Zach driver into the set-up tombstone to set up the win. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, really great match. Uh, I, I, yeah, I bit on some of the near falls, I've got to say. I, there were moments where I thought, oh, Zach's done here. That submission spot and the first Zach driver spot, it had me thinking... That an upset was on the cards. Uh, what, what did you think of it? Loved it. I really did love it. And I t- I'll tell you what these two guys have did that was so special. Um, and I haven't seen it in quite a while. And I think these two guys are maybe one of the best at it. They are perfectionists and experts at taking you up on the roller coaster and then dropping you down, and then bringing you back up, and then dropping you back down, and bringing you back up, and dropping you back down. Like they take you on a ride in a match um, better than than I don't want to say just about anybody because you know Tanahashi and Okada can could really fucking do that. But it wasn't like a like this match was not balls to the wall. You know, step on the gas as hard as you can and go 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 go. It wasn't that. It was go, 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 go. Okay, lit up. You know, let's take a break. We'll go back, build, 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 build. Big spots, bring you back down. Big build, 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 bring you back down. Like, they did that so well in this match. Um, and I and I hadn't seen it for what feels like a long time. In it, Like, this match felt like a throwback match to me. This was an old school style match to me. With 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 modern spice, like it was Barry Windham, Ric Flair. It was, you know, it, it it felt very rooted in old school main events with with modern flair. That's the best way I could describe the ride that I was on, and I really loved it. Really loved it. Zach again is just so creative on the ground. And just locking limbs and hooking limbs and just doing things with, you know, just bending wrists and bending fingers and bending ankles. That makes such sense in the moment. And the way that he, I I, I don't know, sells what he's doing. 
in the sense of, oh, I got an opening. You know, like his eyes light up, you know, when he sees an opening and he hooks an arm. Like, I just love that. And Okada is just fucking great. So good. Like, and, and here's the thing, too, that we haven't mentioned. He no longer looks like a fucking cup of soup, right? He's wearing that, that you know, history of New Japan robe that looks fantastic. Like, he looks like a fucking guy who's been there and done that and fuck you. Like, I love that. It's great match, man. Um, top to bottom, this show, it's, it's going to be in the running for one of the best shows of the year, right? I mean, to me, this was... Yeah, no filler, was no it? Filler. Like, every single match had something good in it. Yep. I, I, like, top to bottom, this might have... This, this, I, to me, top to bottom, this was the most enjoyable New Japan show in... I think it was better than Dome shows. I really do. I think top to bottom, there was... Mm. It was really a real New Japan pro wrestling show. And, and, and we're, just, we're, just, we're just that fucking close, Joel, to masks off, crowds yelling. We're that close. It's right around the corner. And it, and it felt good to finally be like, turn off that show and be like, yep, that was a New Japan Pro Wrestling show. That's, that's, that's what we've been waiting for. So coming up next, we have Golden Fight Series, which begins uh, this Monday. Um, we've got shows in Nagoya. We've got two in Korakuen Hall. We've got one in the Edian Arena, one in Ehime Kochi. Uh, the first one that I think is worth, well, actually the only one on this tour I think that's worth speaking about is the one on Monday, April 25th, uh, which we'll preview next week. But uh, this is one in Hiroshima Sun Plaza Hall. Oh, actually, I should mention for a lot of those shows that I've mentioned, Yo is, in, well, it's mainly tag main events, a lot of elimination match main events, but Yo is featured in a lot of these main events. So it might be something to keep an eye on if we're thinking future oh. uh, junior challengers or someone who might get a bit of shine during Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, but yeah, this uh, show on Monday, April 25th in Hiroshima Sun Plaza Hall, the two top matches, we have the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships with Evil Show and Yujiro defending against Tanahashi and Gorillas mm-hmm. Destiny. And the main event for that one is the KOPW 2022, where Taichi will be defending against Shingo. I don't know if there's been any word on stipulations yet. I guess that will come to the fore during some of these uh, shows leading up to that. And then we'll also have our card for Wrestling Dontaku in the Fukuoka Dome. This is Sunday, May the 1st. So our first match is Tatsumi Fujinami, Shingo Takagi, and Hiromu against Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, and Takamichinoku. So we're seeing Fujinami back. Second match, we have a special singles match, Tangelo versus Yujiro. Third match is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships with Taguchi and Wato defending against Kanemaru and Doki. Fourth match is an IWGP Tag Team Championship three-way match between... Um, Jeff Cobb and Okan defending against Yoshihashi and Goto and Fale and Chase Owens. Fifth match, never openweight championship match, Evil defending against Tamatonga. Sixth match, junior heavyweight championship, El Desperado defending against Ishimori. Seventh match is the IWGP United States heavyweight championship with Tanahashi and Osprey contending for the vacant title. And main event, IWGP world heavyweight championship. Okada defending against Naito. Mm. So, what do you think of that? Don't touch. Pretty part? sexy, right? I don't think uh, that's 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 a nice lineup, don't you think? I'll tell you what's funny. You you, you mentioning Tatsumi Fujinami. He's wrestled on more New Japan shows than the full time Shibata, hasn't he? <laughs> what? Yeah, where is Shibata? What's yeah, what happened on? to that? 
what, what, what happened to all that? I'm coming back as a full-time wrestler. Are you? Oh, we're going to have a f- full match. Oh, no, we're not. Okay, yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> what's going on there? Hasn't wrestled. He hasn't been on. He hasn't wrestled since the dome, right? I'm not. I don't think I'm wrong in that, right? He's. That's it. Correct. Yeah. Tatsumi Fujinami mm-hmm. has been on. Has wrestled in more New Japan Pro Wrestling matches than Shibata. I mean, I don't have a problem with him keeping it to you know special events and special occasions. Okay, but, but don't don't just give us something. Just talk to us. Yeah, don't us. tickle our ass with a feather here, New Japan, and be like, "Oh, the return of Shibata. I'm coming back. Are you? Okay." Doesn't doesn't really feel like you're you're back. I haven't seen you in a while. And and again, commentary doesn't count. I don't think because uh, if, if that were the case, Liger is back. Um, yeah, I mean, just not for nothing. It just that that whole scenario kind of feels like we were pro wrestled a little bit, doesn't doesn't it? Or let me ask you this: Yeah, yeah. were we sold a bill of goods there? Ask me again at the end okay. of the year. Well, okay, let me ask you this then. It's April. Middle of April. <laughs> How many more Shibata matches do you think we'll get this calendar year? One. And have you got a particular event or occasion in mind for that? Maybe like G1 finals or um, <laughs> Dome. <laughs> I, uh, 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 well, let's put it this way: If everything is is turning out the way that things seem to be turning out, why would you bring him back? With all that, you, know, you save it until proper crowds. Proper crowds. I'm saying, a, we're gonna have proper crowds. B, we have an, We're gonna have an, We're gonna have more talent than we know what to do with in months, in weeks. Do we do we do we need to risk having Shibata back? Who's let's be very clear. It, it does not feel like he is at a hundred percent. Or should I say, he is not at he is not one hundred percent a full time pro wrestler. Can we agree on that? Yeah, and I thought it would be something for special occasions. Then say it. But Fukuoka Dome, I thought that's a pretty big occasion. Mm-hmm. If they're not using him for the dome, then I don't know. That's true know. too. Right, that's a big building. You would think. Look, I just I'm not mad at him by in, by any stretch of the imagination. I want to be clear on that. It's not him. I feel like the promotion of this was sketched at minimum. Uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel like there was there's a there's a there was a lot of goodwill that was um little 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 rattled with this whole Shibata thing, I think. At least for me, I can't speak for everyone. But to me, this feels like a little bit like mm, we're trying to get some interest for a dome show. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we go back to this card for Dontaku. I think it's a really good card. Again, it's a, I, I like the fact that we have got eight matches here, and none of them, with the exception of the <laughs> Tangelo Yujiro singles match, that's the only one where I'm like, mm, what, what are we doing here, lads? But everything else, I it's slightly less interesting than the. Uh, hyper battle card. I think the challenges are a bit less interesting. Um, and of course, we'll do a full preview of this near the time. But just stuff off the top of my head that I'm looking forward to. Tamatonga against Evil. I think that's going to be yep. really good. I think. Don't sleep on that one. And you know, Naito Okada is going to be great. Yeah, 
yeah, it'll be good. I don't think there's any way I'm going to get to the end of the show and be like, well, that was disappointing. You know, this is this is got seven to eight out of ten New Japan show written all over it. I think it will be really good. Um, um, Tanahashi and, and Osprey is going to be pretty great. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good show. And, I mean, there's not going to be any... Something exciting here. What's that? There's something exciting here. Uh-huh. Uh, Andrew wants me to ask you how you feel about Liger's son making his New Japan debut at Dontaku. I'm sorry? I did not know this. Yeah. Yeah, Jushin Thunder Liger's son is going to be performing at Dontaku. Doing what? Wrestling? Uh, no, he's not a wrestler. Have a look at your WhatsApp. Wait till let me get my phone. Let's see. We the, the people who asked these questions wanted a live reaction from you. Okay. Because they thought you might not know. I about don't know this. about this. And you don't. That's Liger's kid? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a handsome boy. Is he in a boy band? Yeah. I did not, he is, yeah. I did not know this. I'm probably going to get banned from every streaming service. Right? <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean that's that's one way of uh, avoiding the p- potential disappointment of not living up to your father who's one of the greatest wrestlers of all <laughs> yeah. time. Just go to boy band yeah. instead. I mean, these are all cute boys, man. I can see where the girls are going to go uh, loopy over this. Is he the one wearing the hat with the horns? I, <laughs> I don't know which I'm, I guess, right? Well, I have, I have to... right? I will say this: they're not very coordinated with the dance. They don't seem to be on the same page. I mean, look, it's a cute boy band. Are we going to turn into a boy band review podcast? <laughs> I know. We're going to get that, like the, the J-pop uh, fans all, uh, wow, it's a lot of lipstick we're wearing there, pal. Like Robert Smith. Uh, oh, here we go. Breaking it down. Oh, boy. It's quite mesmerizing, isn't it? I can't turn it off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this it's is not really my thing. Boys faces. It's not really my thing, but. No, oh, no, I'm surprised, no. David. I thought you. Were, I mean, musically, you no, no. I mean, it's a little too too poppy and innocent. Like, I like my music to be a little bit more, uh, a little dangerous. I like a little danger. <laughs> I like a little danger. Okay. With Duran Duran. Right, well, we'll move away from Bontaku. <laughs> right, uh, we'll, I'll put this in the background we'll while you a talk. Proper preview of that near the time. <laughs> you can enjoy the rest of that while I talk about New Japan Strong. So this oh. was Strong Style Evolved, uh, Saturday, April 9th in Tampa, Florida, St. Petersburg Coliseum. We had Tiger Hattori on commentary here. Um, we started off with Andy Brown versus Tiger Hattori. Mm. I've heard that name before. Yeah, uh, we had <laughs> Andy Brown against Hikuleo. So Hikuleo obviously won in four minutes thirty four seconds with choke slam. Pretty standard squash match. Nothing to write home about. And we'll see how Hikuleo gets on against Jay White. Uh, David, give me the percentage chance that Hikuleo actually betrays. His brothers Ooh. betrays Gorillas of Destiny and stays aligned with Jay White. I don't think so, right? That would be terrible. Blood is thicker than water, Joel. Come on, please. All right, well, this is a long, this a long song, by the way. Jesus Christ. All right. Surprise you haven't turned I'm sorry, off I'll turn um, it Second match again. was the uh, Josh Alexander defeating Carl Fredericks in 14 minutes, 14 seconds with a C4 spike. I am a big Josh Alexander fan. I talk about him a lot. I think he's a guy that could make an immediate impact if he gets a chance in Japan. And Carl Fredericks looked really good here. I think this is one of his best performances. So if you haven't seen him for a while, definitely check this one out. There was a great pace and intensity to the match. He had the the requisite babyface fighting spirit. 
I do suspect with Carl, he might be better as a cocky heel than a plucky LA Dojo underdog, but it worked here against a, a machine like Josh Alexander. And I don't think Carl should be beating someone like Josh Alexander yet, but I think he should be beating guys like Christopher Daniels. So, you know, results aside, I think the performances for Carl are improving. I think he's looked a lot better in the last couple of months, but I, I keep saying this. I do want to see upward trajectory at some point. He needs a big win. He can't just keep bouncing back and forth between losing a singles match to an established name to getting the pin in a six-man tag match, to losing the next singles match again. that I think that's putting a ceiling on him in the eyes of the fans. And, you know, maybe I'm being impatient. I'm sure they could pull the trigger on this guy tomorrow and he'd feel like a big deal. But I get the impression of him treading water right now. So I've got mixed feelings on this. And, and again, getting the handshake and the pat on the back at the end of the match just makes him look like a loser. Uh, and I hope one day he just snaps and, and kicks the shit out of the next veteran who tries to give him the attaboy treatment. But there was an interesting little thing going on after this match. Uh, Derek says, I watched Strong and saw they beat Carl Fredericks again. And I wondered if they were doing a yo thing with him. But then QT and company came out. I saw maybe the dojo gang would have a group to battle and get some wins over. What was your take? So yeah, we had the factory from AEW coming out. I, To be honest, I don't know who these guys are. And I've been watching AEW over the past few weeks. So these guys must be fairly low uh, at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of importance. I believe that they're jobbers to the stars and they dropped in the old Scott Hall, you know who we are, but you don't know why we're here line. Uh, in my case, I didn't know who they were either. <laughs> but, uh, apparently they were just fed to hook an AW. So hopefully they can give Carl and Clark and you a little boost, give them a little feud where they can get a, uh, a nice win under their belt. Uh, third match, we had Fred Rosser and Eddie, Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards? No, Eddie Kingston. It says Eddie Edwards on the website. It was Fred Rosser and Eddie Kingston against Fred J. Hyatt and Daniel Garcia. <laughs> Come on, who's running the website? I wonder. Eddie Edwards, no. I wonder. Uh, if it, <laughs> this feels like uh, AEW using Strong to promote their own storylines because Kingston and Daniel Garcia were going at each other, they were at each other's throats, which is fine. That's fine. You know, companies should be forming symbiotic relationships like this. And, and it is going to be interesting uh, possibly exhausting weighing up who's getting the better end of the deal as these, this partnership continues. Because no doubt both companies will want to squeeze maximum utility out of the partnership. But this match felt like more of an AW offering than a strong one. And that's not a criticism. It's more of an observation. And, and again, if New Japan can use the appeal of the likes of Eddie Kingston and the growing profile of Daniel Garcia to get eyeballs on their own talent in the, in the card, everybody wins. Uh, I thought this was a good match. Fred Ross got the pin, so mission accomplished. I think this is a, a win for everyone. And the main event was the US of J Open Challenge match. JY, 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 defeating Chris Sabin. <laughs> JY. Uh, these guys, they also had a match on Impact, which was really good. Sabin actually won that one. Uh, so, yeah, it will come as no surprise. This was really good. You know, Jay is the master of the, the sub 20 minute US TV main event. And, and against a veteran like Chris Sabin, you know it's not going to miss. So, this is an easy recommendation, uh, even if there's not much to analyze about it. Uh, we had some interesting stuff. So some announcements for Collision in Philadelphia on the 15th of May. What do you think of these, David? So we've got Chris Dickinson versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Nice. Minoru Suzuki versus Tony Deppen. Mm. Yuya Oemura versus Killer Cross. And Coglin, Knight, and DKC against Team Filthy. Uh, so Violence Giving says, how many minutes will Cross last before Yuya yells, fuck you, young boy, <laughs> and double underhook suplexes him for the win? Uh, but yeah, some tasty matches there. I, I think Chris Dickinson versus Tanahashi is one I've, I've definitely got my eye on. And, you know, we've got the big news in the week that Chris Dickinson has signed a deal with New Japan. Yeah. Uh, Cactus Max says, do you think Chris Dickinson has done enough to get signed with New yes. Japan? He seems like his match with Ishii, a perfectly acceptable margarita pizza, but not a future star. Uh, which available talents would you like to see them sign? Um, so, yeah, let, let's talk a bit about the signing of Chris Dickinson. He's a guy for New that is, you know, if there's a love letter to 
Japanese pro wrestling. Like he's writing it. Um, nah, he'll be fine. <laughs> like I have, I mean, they're giving him a Tamahashi single right. match. So <laughs> no, not for nothing. And, and back in Philly, the last time they were there, it was him and Suzuki. Right. Um, so he's getting the, 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 when the stars come over, he's getting them. So yeah, no, no. I mean, I think it's, here's the thing again, also a nice little, little thing that, that shows that we're moving forward here. We're signing guys. We're, we're, we're putting pen to paper. That's, that's a good sign because, you know, in the past we were not, we, we could not, we did not, that was on hold. So now nah, this is a good signing. This, this is actually a, a very good signing. Um, yeah. You want to lock down a guy like that. Um, you, you know he's going to be chomping at the bit to get to Japan. Yep. What do you think the odds are of him being in the G1 this year? <sighs> Again, here's the thing. It's not like the, the the guy would go tomorrow, you know, if you mailed a, a fucking plane ticket. Um, it's just a matter of the, the logistics. Like everyone that you think, would they be good in G1? Yes. It's just a matter of that, <laughs> you know. Um and once that gets ironed out, I'm t- I'm telling you, we're we're going to have. Well, here's what we're going to have: we're going to have a problem in that we we won't be able to bring all the people that we want to bring over, um, and the and the people that like we're just going to have so much talent that that's that we're going to have disappointed people that aren't getting pushed or whatever the case may be, just because you can't. It's impossible. Um, this is this is the perfect example of of when the levy breaks joel it is going to be a flood of pro wrestling talent that's 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 going to be in the new japan ring it's 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 coming hang in there hang in there uh, just a little note here actually before we talk about windy city riot um there was an interview with juice robinson on Wrestling Observer Radio, he told uh, Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi that his New Japan Pro Wrestling contract expires at the end of this month. He has no plans to travel back to Japan. And later in the interview, he said that he's no more bookings after this weekend's New Japan Strong Show. He has no desire to wrestle. He was asked if there's anyone on his checklist, like Brian Danielson, that he wants to wrestle. And Juice responded, no, I don't really have anybody that I want to wrestle. There's nothing that really, I just don't have the urge to wrestle really anymore. Hmm. He said he could be a really great house husband and he could do that very well. And that his fiance, Tony Storm, loves what she's doing in AEW and it's a great time right now. So it does seem that the, the New Japan career of Juice Robinson and maybe even the wrestling career of Juice Robinson is coming to an end. And it's, it's very sad. It feels like a missed opportunity, doesn't it? A little bit. Like, I mean, people change and, you know, maybe he just doesn't want, you know, that's not what he wants in his life. Um, Do you think New Japan dropped the ball on booking him? Because he was persistently used as the guy to help get over people like Cody or Moxley, who, you know, the big celebrities coming over from the States. And he was always on the losing end of those feuds. So do you think that was an issue or do you think this is more pandemic he just sort of lost his enthusiasm for it you know, obviously he's a guy who relies heavily on getting the crowd involved and that was not something that he was able to do in in japan with the clap crowds he obviously didn't want to travel anymore didn't want to do the quarantine uh was not particularly you know what? i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock him now went over here. yeah i'm not no. gonna knock him now you know what i mean because this is this is the same guy that went to nxt 
didn't get used and said, okay, I'm going to fucking change everything from where I live and what I eat and how I train. And I'm going to start over here. And he did that. And he turned into a solid mid to upper mid card guy. Right. Um, like I'm not taking that away from him at all. Like he, he, he was a big surprise and he worked hard to do that. It wasn't like he just showed up and it, it wasn't like he was AJ Styles. Right. Um, people change. I, I mean, if it's true, I mean, if he's not just fucking, you know, going on a show and, you know, he's going to debut on AEW tomorrow. Um, I mean, if that's true, then, then you know what? I appreciate everything that he did. I appreciate everything that he did. And, and at the end of the day, he, I, 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 he worked as hard as he, as he could. I mean, right. I mean, he, it's, it's not like he took the easy path. So did they, did new Japan miss an opportunity? I don't know. I mean, he got, he won the tag belts, right? He won world tag league. Um, you know, and, it, and what would you say his best match or, or matches in New Japan? For me, it's hard to look past the the Jay White match in 2018, where he finally beat him for that US title. I thought that was really special. Yeah, the, the Josh Barnett JR match, uh, and he had a great match with Naito as well in 2017 that I remember fondly. Didn't he have a good match with Tanahashi too? I could have sworn. Yeah, I, I also really liked the Moxley match, the first mm-hmm. one at the Best of the Super Juniors final. Look, I think Juice was a a a valuable look one of the biggest pops and i think it was like a, a, a dash show where he got a big win um like he got a goto uh, who did he pin was it goto did he pin i think it was yeah i mean at that time that was a big fucking thing so nah an amazing promo as well like one of my favorite promos yes oh my god yes look again it did it work out Here's the thing. It worked out because he's because he's happy. He's doing what he wants to do. And if that's his decision, then that's his decision. And I respect that. Um, and yeah, I mean, people change, you know, I, you know, let me ask you this. When you f- 10 years ago, look at how much your life has changed. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. In just five years, um, people change. Things happen. I appreciate everything he did. If that's the end of the road for Juice Robinson, I appreciate everything he did. Because, because to me, like he did it, he he didn't have to take that route, and he chose that route, and he did it. So I I I'm putting over Juice every day of the week. And even if uh, he you know decides to hang up his boots for now, you know somewhere down the line when things are hopefully back to normal and crowds are allowed to cheer again and the travels open up. Uh, you know, maybe he gets that itch yep. again, and he wants to come over. And I'm sure the fans and us would welcome him back with with open no arms. No doubt. So, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so we got Windy City Riot coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, Saturday, April 16th. So by the time you're listening to this, it may have already occurred. But uh, this is in the Odium Expo Center. We have a dark match: uh, Wheeler Utah and Rocky Romero against the DKC and Kevin Knight. So uh, a little story going into this about Wheeler Utah: Is he still in chaos? Is he joining the Blackpool Combat Club with? Uh, Danielson and Moxley and William Regal. So, yeah, this this whole match does seem to be centered around Wheeler Utah. Have you, you seen much Wheeler Utah, Damon? Any thoughts on him? Uh, I've seen a little bit in AEW. Um, again, I haven't gone back to watch that match in Atlantic City. 
Um, because then people were going wild over this match. I think it was on Rampage he had against, I want to say, John Moxley as a, a, with a lot of yeah. blood in that match. And people were saying it was a star-making performance. And yeah, this was like days after I put him over and said that I think he's going to be a, a big deal in the future. And yeah, so I think you know he's going to be someone to keep an eye on. I don't know if this match is going to have some sort of chaos-related angle, but yeah, one to watch out for. Uh, we also have Carl Fredericks, Yu Awemra, and Clark Connors against Nick Comoroto, QT Marshall, and Aaron Solo. Uh, I am assuming this is going to be Carl Fredericks getting a win here and getting some of his heat back. Uh, hopefully, this sees more of an upward tra- trajectory for him. We have Fred Rosser, Josh Alexander, Alex Coglin, Renarita, Chris Dickinson against Team Filthy, Royce Isaacs, Jarrell Nelson, JR Kratos, Black Tiger, and Danny Limelight. I always love these multi man yeah. tag matches. I'm sure this is going to be tremendous fun. And with some of the talent, I mean, I love Team Filthy, but some of the talent on the babyface team, Josh Alexander, Alex Coglin, Renderita, Dickinson, Ross, I mean, that's a... That's a good team. Pretty... <laughs> that's a solid fucking team, yeah. You know, if we're looking at guys to be coming back to Japan and, and making an impact, I think that team, look no further than that for some guys to take the ball by the horns. We have a special singles match, Tom Lawler against Yuji Nagata. What do you think of this being a singles match rather than him defending the title? I can't believe they're not defending the title. I honestly can't. Um, I don't know why they're not. Maybe they change it when they get there. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, look, it's a singles match. I think it's kind of – look, I'm treating it as a, as a fucking title match. You know what I mean? Like, I, do you, I don't think Yuji Nagata wins. Do you? No, no, absolutely right. not. But I think it will be just a, a fun – I don't want to say exhibition match, but just fun in as much as both of these guys obviously have mixed martial arts backgrounds. So I assume this is going to play into the match some way. And yeah, I think it will be a bit I different. think it'll be very good. I, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really good. We've got a 12-man tag where we've got uh, United Empire, Hinare, Jeff Cobb, Great Okan, TJP, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis. So I'm intrigued for this one, just seeing Aussie Open teaming up together with United Empire for the first time, I believe. And then Bullet Club team, El Fantasmo, Hikaleo, Chris Bay, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, and Scott Norton. So, this is going to be good. Yeah, that's the, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Scott Norton again. And yeah, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. I, did I hear somewhere that their impact deals are up? Do you think they are, yes. a, you know, you can bet the house on them being back with New yeah, Japan? Harry, come on. Yeah. Like cockroaches, aren't <laughs> they? They really are. <laughs> <laughs> nuclear explosion. They still manage to crawl in crawl away and, and make a living for themselves he, they just there's, there's uh, just too many connections you know what i mean there's just too much yeah. there's you know there's too much history so yeah of course they'll be back we have a chicago street fight with david finney juice robinson and Brody king against jonah shane haste and bad dude tito ah my so, boy yeah uh i mean i think tmdk should probably get the win here I'm interested in Jonah, actually, because I've heard a lot of people quite down on him recently, uh, and they think he's been performing poorly. I think there was a match, I think, maybe against Black Taurus. I could be wrong there, where people thought he wasn't great. So it is interesting that he has not been given many singles matches since joining New Japan. He is doing mostly tag stuff, so I'm wondering if this is an issue of him sort of being hidden away in tag matches for the time being. So, yeah, maybe jury's out on Jonah until we see him in a high-profile singles match against uh, a decent name. We have the US of J Open Challenge match, Jay White against X. Uh, Damon, any ideas, any guesses who you think this mystery challenger might be? I'm thinking maybe someone like Biff Busick or maybe even the the artist formerly known as Cesaro, just looking at the outline here, which could just be a a stock image 
uh, I don't even know if this is the shape of the rest of that. It's going to be involved, but it looks like a ball turst. <laughs> that's why I thought maybe one of those two guys. But yeah, any any guesses who you think this could be? Um, I don't honestly. Um, it could be. I mean, look, the world's a weird place right now. Like it could literally be anyone from fucking Samoa Joe to Cesaro to. Yeah, who knows, right? I mean, I mean, the fact that they haven't announced it yet makes me think something's up because usually they announce it beforehand. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's they, they maybe pop. even a little yeah. hook for, for for Dynamite next week. I don't know if something might happen that's going to get people to want to watch AW programming next week. Who knows? But yeah, this I, I'm really interested to watch this one to see who the the challenger ends up being. We have a singles match with Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki. I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. Yep. There will be funny faces and forearms and, <laughs> and people will probably, who, who don't watch a lot of these wrestlers, will wildly overrate <laughs> it and say, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm sure it'll be a it, good time. We'll have fun very watching good. that one. It'll be very good. Main event special singles match, John Moxley against Will Ospreay. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think this is going to be great. I think Moxley has... Uh, improved and, and changed a lot as a wrestler over the last two years since we last saw him mixing up with uh, New Japan wrestlers in Japan at least and so is Will Ospreay so I think this is going to be a nasty match I think it's going to be quite ugly it's going to be hard hitting dare I say there's probably going to be blood involved um, and yeah I think you're going to have a good time with this one you got a guy who's willing to to do some crazy shit and you could you could put that label on any either of those guys all right so you got will who'll take crazy bumps you got john who's going to give you make you take crazy bumps um yeah and the build to this has been really good and people are hyped it sucks that the only way you look i guess live is fight tv right yes that's correct okay well I think there is a pay-per-view option on World, but that's Japanese language only. So I think if you want English commentary, then it's Fight TV. Okay. I mean, look, what are you going to do? I think there's a, there's a little a, a little competition going on. If you there are five free codes to give out. So if you follow the NJPW Global account and the Fight TV account on Twitter, quote tweet with the match you want to see most. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> Okay. No, actually, it was by the 14th oh, really? of April, so I think, I think we've missed the boat on that one. Look, I mean, how much is the fucking thing? Is it, tw- it, it ha- I mean, I mean, how much is this goddamn thing? <sighs> Fight TV, right? Do I got to look this thing up? If this is, all right, give me the over-under. What do you think uh, the cost of this is? I'm going to set the over. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll set the number. Do you know yeah, the I'll set the, I, I have it right in front of me. Uh, I'll set the over under at $30. Is it more than $30 or less than $30? American. Uh, I, I was going to say under. I think this is 20, 20 US dollars would be a good price. For you son of a bitch, you looked. <laughs> yes, $20. I did not. What is $20. It? It's 20. less than. It's nineteen ninety nine. Oh, well, there you go. I might have to fucking do that. Here's the problem, man. And, and, and I, I, I just, again, I'm not here to shit on people, but every time I get something from them, the quality is terrible. It really is. I'm not just fucking saying it. Like I got an ax to grind. Like it's just, it is. It's just fucking terrible. 
And I'm not the only person to say that. Yeah, and it's not, I, I think it's just down to sort of local production teams because I know the uh, services that they offer in Australia have been really good because they've got their own in-house production team. Oh, who would you hear uh, that from? A lot of people... <laughs> Right. Just, just, just whispers, right. you know, little, little birdies, okay. <laughs> little birdies, sorry. Uh, yeah, so this is, this is not, this is something that can be fixed is what I'm saying. It's not a, an issue that's endemic with fight. You know, you see fight in Australia and it's good. So there's no reason why it should be better. All right, States. well, give me the Australian feed and I'll, I'll pay 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is Windy City Riot. I'm going to watch it. I think it's going to be good because I'm more out of intrigue for who that US of J challenges go. Who do to you be. think? Uh, Give me a name. I'd be optimistic. Let's go Cesaro. Oh, look at that. Wouldn't that be something? Claudio Castagnoli. I think he's calling himself Cesaro now. It's like CSRO or something like that. He's just <laughs> taken out a couple of the vows. <laughs> Anything to get away with? Yeah, good for him. Good for him. All right, listen. That's going to be a good show. So, yeah, I'll probably find a way to get it. So, all right. Uh, listen, we've gone two hours here, pal. Um, you know, what the fuck? Leafs are on. I'm missing, I'm missing this entire fucking game. Don't you have to go to work? Uh, no, it's still on holiday. Jeez, oh, how many fucking holidays do you have? It's my New Year holiday. Well, that, yeah, one of the benefits of being a teacher, as I say, we we cram nine months of work into no, not twelve months of work into a nine month Please. period, and then the rest of it. Uh, yeah, the kids aren't up yet. Bed. The kids aren't out of bed. No, no, amazingly not. I thought I was very careful. Every time I do this podcast, I fuck something up, and Esther ends up waking up. So the strategy now is that we put her to bed in our beds the night before our podcast. Oh. That way, there's no sort of variables about her waking up in her bedroom and coming into our room. And I put on the white noise machine fairly loud before I left the room to start Brilliant. the podcast. So hopefully, I haven't woken her up. Look at you! You got this fucking parroting shit down, Pat. Man. You you got it. You got it covered. I'm a pretty great. I tell guy. you what, I seen that Instagram shit, man. Oh, some of those pictures, so great, so great. What a lovely family you have. You can follow me on Instagram. Right? What's that? <laughs> don't follow me on Instagram. I was going to plug my Instagram, but no, I'm not going to. Nah, don't do that. Nope, you don't want anybody to fucking follow you, do you? Really? <laughs> I don't, you don't want that. No. no. Okay. Shall we? I'm going to plug the Red Circle again. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. We appreciate your donations. Please keep them coming. Discord link, if you want to get involved in that, please send me a DM on Twitter and I will send you an invite at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash super J cast for our t shirts. Big thanks to Editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super J cast. Thank you, everybody, for listening and goodbye.